जो सर्वसर है कला मेरा वो मेरे आका की जिंदगी है ये सब तुम्हारा करम है आका Seven point seven FM, um, and I'm your host Zubair Akram with Reflections, Reflections with Sheikh Rizwan Muhammad. Um, today uh, in Glasgow, eighteenth of Ramadan, Monday. Uh, sorry, sixteenth of Ramadan, Monday, eighteenth of April. Uh, Maghrib uh, today uh, is eight um, thirty-six. So uh, opening the fast is at eight thirty-six today. Um, we have been alhamdulillah blessed uh, to be on this journey of understanding uh, the words of allah subhanahu wa taala more we reflect on it and more we become grateful and thankful that allah has given us this tawfiq uh, to do this zikr of uh, this almighty that we uh, remember him through his words uh, and try to understand uh, what was revealed Uh, on his beloved Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and we also then um, try to reflect on those ayahs so that our lives are aligned with the revelation of Allah subhanahu wa taala. So today's ayahs, Surah Al-Rum, thirtieth surah, uh, ayahs thirty to thirty-six, uh, of which we started um, a session yesterday, and inshallah we will continue with that after we've listened to these ayahs. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم. In the name of Allah, the entirely merciful, the especially merciful. فأقم وجهك للدين حنيفا فطرة الله التي فطر الناس عليها لا تبديل لخلق الله. ذلك الدين القيم ولكن أكثر الناس لا يعلمون. So direct your face toward the religion, inclining to truth. Adhere to the fitrah of Allah upon which He has created all people. No change should there be in the creation of Allah. That is the correct religion. But most of the people do not know. منيبين إليه واتقوه وأقيموا الصلاة ولا تكونوا من المشركين. Adhere to it, turning in repentance to Him, and fear Him and establish prayer, and do not be of those who associate others with Allah. من الذين فرقوا دينهم وكانوا شيعا كل حزب بما لديهم فرحون. Or of those who have divided their religion and become sects, every faction rejoicing in what it has. وإذا مس الناس ضر 
And when adversity touches the people, they call upon their Lord, turning in repentance to Him. Then when He lets them taste mercy from Him, at once a party of them associate others with their Lord. So that they will deny what we have granted them. Then enjoy yourselves, for you are going to know. Or have we sent down to them an authority, and it speaks of what they were associating with him? قائم ہو جاؤ اس فطرت پر جس پر اللہ نے انسانوں کو پیدا کیا ہے اللہ کی بنائی ہوئی ساخت بدلی نہیں جا سکتی یہی بالکل راست اور درست دین ہے مگر اکثر لوگ جانتے نہیں قائم ہو جاؤ اس بات پر کہ اللہ کی طرف رجوع کرتے ہوئے اور ڈرو اس سے اور نماز قائم کرو اور نہ ہو جاؤ ان مشرقین میں سے جنہوں نے اپنا اپنا دین الگ بنا لیا ہے اور گروہوں میں بٹ گئے ہیں ہر ایک گروہ کے پاس جو کچھ ہے اسی میں وہ مگن ہے سو وی کورڈ دیز آیاز السلام علیکم شیخ وعلیکم السلام ورحمۃ اللہ وبرکاتہ this ayah is for uh, people who are already in the fold of Islam and once they are they differ in interpret interpreting the deen and they are divided into sects mm-hmm. what I understood yesterday it's not the case it is to do with humanity at large when they understand religion uh, they divide themselves into groups which become Uh, not just on the basis of understanding, but the rivalry is of one of ego and one of not understanding the deen properly. Mm-hmm. Is this the... Yeah, I mean, the, the, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. This, um, this, 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 this whole cycle of verses, maybe three or four verses, which start with the فَأَقِمْ وَجْهَكَ You know, establish your intent and purpose towards God or for God. This is all about... Um, you know establishing i would say a reality a truth um which is n- non-divisible essentially so mm. if you know for example the verse started with a more ambiguous you know um unclear um direction because it's very strong if you think faqim is establish yourself and set yourself clearly towards the the religion which is for allah subhanahu wa ta'ala So this is a very clear idea that there's one truth, 
there's one reality. No truth meaning, you know, everybody has their own truths, but one re- reality meaning fact. Mm. So this is a big, big fact of existence, which is we exist, and our existence requires an entity to bring it into existence, and then God has a, a plan for us and communication. That's essentially what religion um, teaches. So that is essentially you're you're then going to have to talk about which religion is is the most apt and truthful. And obviously, you know, in the current context of the world, it seems to be there's only one voice, religious you know, articulate religious voice that is standing towards a truth. You know, every other religion is either entrenched in its own um, caste, racial entity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so even like Nietzsche, um, Frederick Nietzsche, he's the famous German philosopher, he said that, you know, Europe should have, you know, laid down in the ground in front of Islam when it came to Andalusia because it had a far greater and superior culture to the death cult of Christianity essentially mm. the Catholic Church and the, and the Protestant Church, against the bickering over um, a, a nonsensical theological ideas like the Trinity, uh, you know, and salvation and things like that. And then you have, you know, Judaism, which is very much restricted to a, a specific tribe, and you have Hinduism, which is restricted to a very ge- specific geographical location and a, and a very entrenched racist um, caste system that they in themselves, um, you know, establish in their own religious texts. So every group has their own... Um, geographical, you know, focus. Islam came with this universality, which was at the same time refreshing and then at the same same time revolutionary, and equally fresh for for society. This idea of the equality of human beings, male and female, black and white, regardless of colors, regardless of caste. All these things were entrenched within the first inception of Islam from the Prophet Islam. So we know that it's not as if. You know, there was a revolution or, or a reformation in the 17th century in Islam, or you know, you know, in for example, 11th century Islam, where we decided to you know jettison all these um, prejudices that we had in Islam initially, and we changed it. No, this is truth, and so from that truth is a necessity of saying that anything that breaks off from that is going to be, you know, off the truth, and this is why Allah says, "This mm-hmm. religion is." Um, Upright and proper. This is the one thing of truth. You know, it, Allah doesn't say ulaika. He doesn't mm. say all those religions or you know all of these d- directions of pathing. There's it's ultimately going to be one path that leads you to ultimate salvation. You know, it's not meaning that people who are not at this moment Muslim are are have a specific end. God knows in reality what a person's end is based upon the choices they have and based upon the ability to think. And this is entrenched in Islamic theology. That we don't, we we can we can say that Muslims are destined for paradise if they fulfill the conditions, but we cannot say that people are not Muslims are destined for hellfire until God decides upon their fate on the day of judgment. That's what we kind of say. But the point is, on earth there must be a reality. There must be something established. There must be a fitra as well. So the Quran, interesting enough, adds in this layer of the natural state of the human being, the natural disposition, which, as you know, is being, you know, slowly but surely. You know, broken away and etched away, and 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 um, you know, chiseled away, part bit by bit, um, mm. and so this is where we are, you know, as a society. And then it goes on to say, you know, gives describes the people that are that are people who are close to Allah, munibina ilayhi wa taqohu wa salah. And then you know, this is okay. This is what you should be doing in the deen of al qayyim, but do not become of those that do associate partners. 
You know, mm. associated partners, this is, I think, where the, the idea came from, which is this is the opposite of truth. Mm. You know, if you have Deen al Qayyim, you have the opposite, the opposite side of the coin is uh, the awaj. Mm. You know, so the Quranic terminology is the awaj is like one that's crooked. And the crookedness means it goes in all directions. And in this day and age, it goes into everybody's own truth, you know, the small truth that everybody has, their own truth, their own life, their own story. Um, and actually, you know, I was um, speaking to somebody recently, and there was an American person, and um, I just said, Assalamu alaikum, this is me. And then they said, Wa alaikum salam. And then they just gave me their whole life story, you know, like the whole, uh, you know, the whole thing, personal details and everything. And I and I, I, was, I was shocked and I asked another American friend of mine what's happening. He says, Americans like to give their backstory. They like to mm. give all, so they, they, they kind of lay all on the table. So everybody has this individual truth that they, this makes them. So mm. I don't know why they do it, but it's an interesting thing because it's, it gives you an insight into them. So they probably want to share that just in case you don't know who they are. And yeah. so all the details of their trials and tribulations and difficulties and, 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 and successes all laid in front of you. And that's their truth, isn't it? That's their kind of that's their own personal truth. That's their own journey. That's their life story. Well, that's so, a very endearing thing, isn't it? It's a very endearing thing. I mean, that's that's. Um, I find that so not sweet. I find it so. Um, it's, it's honest, upfront, open and raw. I find it very interesting and very very. Um, you know that I found it to be an interesting way of dealing with stuff. Uh, the opposite of are obviously the English English, or yeah. even the Scottish mindset. Not Scottish. I mean, the Scottish was a bit more open. Yeah, a bit more. Yeah. When, you know, after they talk about the weather, they always end up giving the whole life, life story. But the point is, everybody has li little truths, and the mm -hmm. thing about shirk is everybody. You know, every society has their own um, idol and their own mythology and their own way of doing shirk. Mm -hmm. They have every. Mm -hmm. Everybody has their own thing that they set in the corner which they worship. And this culture is the same. People are devoted 24-7 to like um, computer games. I didn't realize there's a whole industry, a whole um, furniture um, infrastructure around gaming. So mm. seats and tables and computer um, screens and and you have the kind of um, keyboard. Everything is, keyboard, is yeah. around. There's, just... there's a gaming keyboard. There's a gaming mouse. There is... Like so so everybody, I mean, if you don't think that's a type of worship, you know, worship of their own gratification through a digital, heightened digitalization of sensory, um, you know, challenges, that, I mean, that's it's up to you, but that they will, st they will not eat, they will not drink, they will go into depression, they will go into all these things. Why? Because the reality on the, on the virtual world is, is real and the gaming and loss and winning is real to them. Hmm. And so... This is where you start, everybody just has farraqo, everybody just separates out everything. That includes sects, as mm -hmm. you know, the religious sects in Islam you have, you'd have to name, name them, but there's numerous yeah. religious sects. That includes them, because that's their own way of making their own group and their own, you know, they feel this is the truth and therefore, like the, the khawarij, they were just fixated on other people's sins. So mm -hmm. they were just on the lookout. They worshipped and did fasting. And the Prophet said their fasting will make you ashamed of your fast. Their prayer will make you uh, ashamed of your prayer. But, they, but the Prophet said they're, they're, mm -hmm. they're the worst of, of, of animals. <coughs> the worst of um, and so they had their own fixation about people. If they committed a sin, they wanted to comment on the sin. 
and decide if they were going to paradise or hellfire. So that was their own shirk. Hmm. And then, you know, the Mu'tazilites, the other groupings in Islam, as you know, famously. Um, so Allah says, دينهم, they, they disperse the way that they lived, their religion, religion in a, in a bigger sense, remember, um, religion doesn't mean religion as we look in a book, you look in a dictionary and it says religion is X, Y, and Z. Religion before perhaps two centuries was considered to be a life choice, the whole life choice, the way that society works. So it's a it's a mistake, and I think it's a it's a mistake everybody's making when they say deen in Islam in, in Arabic is religion and religion is a distinct thing. At the time the Quran was revealed, deen meant your affiliation to a way of life, regardless of what that is. And I think if you don't yeah, if you don't go back to that, you're gonna have major problems in understanding modern society. If you don't understand that deen in the deen in the Islam, that the way of the way of ordering your life in, in the eyes of Allah, the most efficient, most blessed, the most rational way of doing it is Islam. You will, you know, have other numerous ways of ordering society. One of which is the new phase of individualism. But shirk essentially is individualization at a local level and a community level. So Allah says, Kullu bimaladihim Every single group, every single hizb, and hizb is like a party which is a fanatical party. The idea of hizb is, is like a fanatical grouping which is clustered. That's what hizb is. You know, mm. something that's clustered. So even in the Quran, we talk about hizb. Hizb is something that's clustered together, you know, in, in a small, compact, um, you know, you know, kind of portion. Hizb, all of these ahzab, all these groupings, these so they clusters. have a shared, shared profit and loss uh, of life, basically. Yeah, farihun. Yes. yes, so yes, so the, this group will have, you know, Ahzab or the, or the Confederates. These are small groupings that came together to fight the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in this mm -hmm. in the in the fifth, sixth year of the Hijrah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and th they were all closely connected to themselves, but then affiliated to others, not closely connected. And remember, in, in the Battle of Ahzab, um, you saw how they all just disappeared one by one. The Ahzab, mm -hmm. they didn't they, they didn't collectively make a decision. If you know Sira. They didn't all say let's let's decide to go. One was played off against the Prophet. I mean, this is an amazing thing to think about. The Prophet played all the Ahzab off against each other in the. If you know the Battle of Ahzab, mm -hmm. where the Prophet, you know, sowed um, doubt with, amongst the Ahzab against each other, like the polytheists mm -hmm. against the Bani Qurayza and you know Bani Ghatafan. All of them, the Prophet used people that he knew, but Bani Ghatafan to. You then then sow the seeds of doubt in other ahzab. So hizb is a very close community, which can be connected loosely to other communities, becomes ahzab. But the interesting thing is everybody just enjoys what they have in their own uh, echo chamber. I think I must have used echo chamber yesterday. Yeah, the echo chamber is full of truth. You know their own truth. If you if you look at um, if you listen listen to people that are in echo chambers, like you have far right races or you have far left, you know woke. Um, you know, quote unquote, well, I've been told not to use the word, but woke, you know, I understand what it means. You know, they have their echo chamber, which is actually painful to watch, listen to or watch if you're not in the echo chamber. Hmm. The way they agree and they, you know, like a Zionist echo chamber or even a Muslim, you know, you know, echo chamber, which, you know, is a specific issue. If nobody is there to differentiate between right and wrong or discuss something or provide an alternative then obviously it becomes an echo chamber and every single group Allah says every single group amongst them 
is just happy and, and completely in elation over what they have. Not what other people might have of truth, but what so, they so have. The, this ayah is probably, the emphasis is not on how people are divided. The emphasis is on self-indulgence. Yeah, on, yeah, on why they're divided. And then the, the reason for that is self yeah, indulgence or self um, self-centeredness. Mm. Self meaning you or you are the the kind of conglomerate of the people that you want to be like, like a mirror. Mm. You know, people mm. like to surround themselves with almost mirrors, like football matches. They're just so so, so Farah, conglomerate. Farah is a it is a very dangerous state to be in um, if it is not guarded, uh, if it's not um, uh, regulated. Uh, no, so there's the idea of the people of God's pleasure being farihun, uh, uh, These words come up and they mean elated and elevated in truth as well. Mm. But the thing is, you have to look at the source. You know, everybody has the same state of farah. The same. <clears throat> if you were to test somebody who has elation and happiness of that nature, they would have this tick the same boxes. Do you understand? Mm. And um, the thing is not the, the 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 phenomena, the issue is where it comes from. There's nothing wrong with being in a state of farah. Okay, okay. In okay. fact, the whole purpose of life would be to be in a state of farah and of, of, a, of a type which is um, God conscious. Yes. But the issue here is where does so it come it's, from? It's a required state. It is a required state, but with the right context. Yeah, because here it says... Because of what they have, it's all you know. This is what we have. This is the truth, and you know you can almost imagine a person sitting there with the, what they think is the truth. But if somebody looks at it mm. and just asks a couple of questions, it disappears. Do you understand? Mm. Like if you if you think you're on the truth on the right path, and somebody just asks you a couple of questions, and you realize, oh, I didn't think of that. Think of that. Think of that. Or you know, imagine you go to a uh, you know. Um, Imagine you buy something and you, you come home and you think it's the most amazing thing and then you use it. But then somebody says, oh, have you tried this because this is not working and this is substandard and this. You should have bought this mm -hmm. until mm -hmm. you are open to the opposite or an alternative. You just farihun bimaladehim, farihun. You know, this is the whole idea of ladehim is with what they have. And that is a self-centeredness, you know, self-obsession. With the cult, with the in-group, with the hizb, with with the you know the Shia, Shia meaning I'm talking in the Quranic sense here. Don't before somebody calls in, you know this um, sect which is mentioned in the Quran, um, and this um, firqa, you know farraku from firqa okay. comes from farraku. Yeah, firqa bazi is you know yeah, famous yeah. famous word. Yeah, Firqa, Firqa Prasti, Firqa Bazi, Firqa Mina Bartzau, Bogara, Bogara, Bogara. So the thing interesting for me here is how it then ties into what comes after, because the Quran always says, it's, it's almost like, a, you know, you have in, in the Olympics or whatever, running, you have a, a baton race, yeah, and then they pass the baton to somebody else, and they're completely different from the person before them or after them, so they're waiting for different people run at different times because they have different qualities. So the Quran always, I always have this conception of the Quran. Each verse passes on a baton to the next. The next. You, and you don't know what the connection is until you actually um, really reflect of why this is here and that, why that is there. Absolutely. 
will concern most listeners in their individual lives i would say mm-hmm. uh, of how we interact with successes and failures mm-hmm. yeah but it's connected to the previous because everybody has a criteria of how to deal with things mm. if you think of it you know every i know everybody i can think of every person without exception from the most illustrious person i've met to the the, the person who's the most kind of normal run of the mill person that i know including myself they have their own um you know, I took my son to the hospital yesterday and he has his own, um, you know, relationship with, with hospitals, you know, mm. like the kind of experience of he doesn't like being there. And then he has his own way of, you know, creating a semblance of security and um, everything has to be on his terms. <clears throat> so in his mind, his mind is just focused on this small thing. And the moment, how, no matter how much you try and convince then that's a bigger picture. This is for your own benefit. Like he had, a, he had to get a nasal spray or something and he'd refuse because he felt it's going to be something else hmm. and so he had to logically think of whether you know how this is affecting me without me saying look it's better it's good for you it's not going to be painful it's it's a bit of water it is making a difference hmm. because the hmm. way of dealing with adversity and happiness is different from every single individual and to be honest he's been in my presence since he was born, essentially, and, and my, my, my wife's presence. So we know exactly what makes him tick. But this is something we don't know about, that we mm. don't know where it comes from. You know, we could make it. So this is something that even an intimate person, you know, you cannot understand it. Especially a child, you know, can't know anybody more intimate than your child, like from the first steps and every step that they take. And so this reality of what you think is how things should be and where everything should be, is connected to how we deal with difficulties and ease, how we deal, deal with challenges like loss or illness and financial straight, you know, restraints that we have. You know, everyone, everybody's talking about inflation. You know, I, I follow the Turkish news and, and it's like the, the most important piece of news. I know in Pakistan it's the same thing. In the UK, doubling the price of the gas supplies. You know, yes. it's kind of a constant thing. So that's another layer of, of difficulty which some people find more difficult than grief of a loss of a loved one, for example. Yeah. And so all these things, everybody's going to have different ways of doing it. Now, the, the, the Quranic, I think the Quranic message essentially over the whole of the Quran is that there is a way of coming to terms with this, which is natural and which is part of the deen al-qayyim, the established way, the, the established path, which is essentially, you know, you know, you could, if you could say in, in one way, it's the way the Quran says, "Ida asabatun musiba, qalu inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi rajiun." So, if you go to the origin, you'll understand where you should be. That reality should be, if they're afflicted by a difficulty, they say, "We came from God and we go to God." Everything mm-hmm. else, in other words, everything else in between is a journey, which is this part of just you know on the path. You're going to get to your journey, so. It might mm. be difficult now, but inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi rajiun. And so that is the main, you know, that's the main heading. Okay, just for me to catch up in this conversation and, and people who just tuned in probably. So this is ayah, ayah number 33 mm. of Surah Rum, 30th Surah. 
and I was actually quite looking forward to, I am quite looking forward to unpacking this as Sheikh says so, so many times. وَإِذَا مَسَّ النَّاسَ دُرٌ دَعَوْ رَبَّهُمْ مُنِيبِينَ إِلَيْهِ ثُمَّ إِذَا إِذَا أَضَاقَهُمْ مِنْهُ رَحْمَةً لوگوں کا حال یہ ہے کہ جب انہیں کوئی تکلیف پہنچتی ہے تو اپنے رب کی طرف رجوع کر کے اسے پکارتے ہیں پھر جب وہ اپنی رحمت کا مزا انہیں چکھا دیتا ہے تو گروہوں جب انہیں کا مزا چکھا دیتا ہے تو یکا یک شرک کرنے لگتے ہیں so such are human beings when they are when any misfortune befalls them they cry to their lord mm-hmm. and they turn to him but no sooner that he lets them have a taste of his mercy than some of them begin associating others with the lord in his divinity uh sheikh just before we go any further in this uh, there's the word munib again here mm-hmm. Just want you to understand the word munib again. Munib is the one that munib means the one who returns, mm-hmm. who uh, reflects, and then goes back to what the, the state it should it should be in. Yeah, I, I think munib and taib or tauba are inaba and tauba are related. Tauba, most people know tauba is to, to repent, but yeah. it means to turn back. Hmm. You know, the Prophet la the person who turns back from a sin, in other words, to God, that's what it means. You know, the person who returns back from their sin and moves towards God is like the person who has no sin. That's returning back. That's, you know, doing a U-turn. I mean, it's a good, in, in politics, people do U-turns all the time, but I'm talking about in, in your life, it's good to do a U-turn, which is to take the opposite of your sin. Mm. Munib is something I think is slightly a deeper meaning, which is you do it out of added to the turning back, which anaba is basically to turn back to something. Mm. There's there's this sense of need to do that as well. There's mm. this kind of intent within the turning, which is like this heartfelt intent. Um, this is why you know when you, you and people prob- even like specialists in Arabic probably say that doesn't make sense. But you think the reason why I'm saying that is a tawbah is always um, conditioned with an an, an adjective, nusuha, to make it elevated. Tawbah to nusuha. So that is the tawbah, which is like, tawbah is basic. And most people say, no, it's not. Even as, I, I guarantee if I said this to a scholar, they would say, no, it's not. But the point I'm, the reason I'm saying it is because tawbah is always affiliated with a, a, a conditioning adjective that describes the tawbah. As being pure and intentful and and sincere, nusuha. Hmm. Do you understand? So it's as if you're then adding in another layers because otherwise toba is like, you know, standard and premium. Hmm. You know, imagine you buying something and there's a standard package and a premium package. Toba yeah. is standard, and okay. toba nusuha is this kind of premium package. Hmm. And inaba and munib and and munibina has this intent of. You know, going back with deep, deep concern and deep um, certitude in some way and deep, you know, feeling. It has this de- deep uh, sense of feeling. And it could be a temporal thing, a temporary thing, something that's just a flash, which is mm-hmm. what it's here. Or it could be the state of the prophets. You know, mm-hmm. the prophets, when they do inaba, they, they turn back with 
all their heart and all their all their mind. Hmm. And so what's interesting about this verse is it comes in the context of you know people being afflicted with difficulties and ease and what happens. So the basic story is difficulty happens, they run to God. Something easy happens, they go off the rails. That's a basic paraphrasing in modern English, yep. Yep. In, in colloquial street language. You know, that's it. So good times, bad times. Bad times, you 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 go on the side that good times, you hit the bottle. You know, you want to, mm. like, mm -hmm. that's basically what's happening. But the Quran obviously doesn't picture it that way. It paints it in a, you know, every letter, every word is is is, is proportioned in a very interesting way. So Allah says, وَإِذَا مَسَ nasa." And if there, if people, mankind is touched, touched, you know, miss is like, yes, you know, yes, in, yes. in the Shafi'i Madhab, which is why, you know, in Hajj, you can't really be a Shafi'i. Um, you can be Shafi'i all your life, but not in Hajj. <laughs> because if you get touched by somebody of the opposite gender, your your wudu breaks. Yeah. <laughs> so obviously, you know, the, 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 the current thinking on gender means, you know, you don't, <laughs> that's you a never, you never know. know. <laughs> <laughs> no, you never, you never know. Oh, you never know. <laughs> so you have the al yaqeen la yuzul bishak. So you have the you the qaid. Imagine in a parallel, you know, complete mm. disbelieving Muslim ummah. You have muftis saying, "Oh, because we don't know what people gender is." Did you do wudu? <laughs> you don't yeah, know. You have, have yaqeen. You did wudu. Okay. Now we don't know what these genders are. So al yaqeen la yuzul bishak. Certainty is not removed by doubt. So the certainty of your wudu is not removed by the doubt of people's gender. Na'uzubillah. <laughs> so, so mas is like a touch. You know, you pass by somebody in hajj and you just brush by them. That's a mas. So Allah says, if they're just touched, you know, by, you know, externally, like brush, by dur, something that is harmful or they perceive as being harmful, da'aw rabbahum, you know, all of a sudden they beseech Allah, Munibina ilahi run like a, a, a scared child to their to their parent. Mm. You know, like that instant rush of um fear and need, that's what they do. Because of what? Because of something that they feel is harmful that just passes by them. Massa. Mm. And what does that mean? It means lots of things. I mean, one of the, one is your human psychology of how should we deal with difficulties, but the other thing is look how fragile their their truth is. The truth which should be, you know, confident and self-assured and that they can deal with everything. But when this thing that they feel is harmful to them happens, they turn to turn to this being. Because this is basically like a person who doesn't believe in God. All of a sudden, you know, the plane's about to crash. And, you know, at that flash moment, there's this kind of urge of if whatever there is, help me now kind of thing. And so this is what Allah says. On the one hand, you just you leave. But it is it is a desired state, isn't it? Anyway, if you are in difficulty, who else are you going to return to? Yeah, yeah. But then it uncovers, uh, you know, Like if you're so happy with the state you're in, and this is it. So the thing about this verse is, and it touches the previous verse. In the last verse, they were chilling. You know, mm. I think in Arabic, the, the advertisements for Sprite, you know, Sprite, the drink. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm sure that you've used Farah. Yes, yes, they do. Uh, same in Urdu. So you can imagine somebody sitting on the beach, you know, yeah. drinking their Sprite cold and all of a sudden, and they're chilling in their own reality. Mm -hmm. Something difficult happens, they throw their Sprite away and they just run towards the other reality, you know, to the other side, mm. which is the one that they 
you know, turn their back on. You know, كل حزبين بما لديهم فارهون. That حزب is not the حزب of Allah. Remember, this is another group. But when something difficult happens, they just run back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that shows the shallowness of the truth of what they had before. So it's connected to the previous verse, which every, you know, every group has their firqa, they have their own shia, they have their own um, in-group, they have their own truth. But then when something difficult happens, when to nas and nas, remember this is going general. Remember the Quran doesn't say here, إِذَا masakum. You know, when all believers or all, or all Quraysh, because this is revealed in Mecca, it says anas, meaning this is still at the, the global hum, human level of all the groups on, on earth. So it doesn't say, you know, or Quraysh, you know, Bani, Bani such and such, you know, it's saying masanasa, when humanity in general are hit with anything of, of, of disdain or difficulty, they beseech their Lord and run to Him. Hmm. And then if they are given the ability to taste from God a type of mercy, and this is interesting because when it talked about difficulty, it said it brushed by them, by them just touched them. Hmm. So the, the difficulty is quite external and it shouldn't be the reason for um, you know um, turning back at all. You know, it might just disappear and you don't know where it came from. Why are you turning to God? Hmm. You know, because the whole thing is the, the 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 difficulty here. It doesn't say when God afflicts them with difficulty. It says when difficulty afflicts people. Okay, if it afflicts you, to stay where you are in your own reality, without any God, without any reality of of the unseen, without any conception of a God that can 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 calm your 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 feelings and your your need, needs. But what do they do? They still turn towards Allah. But when they come to God, this is when God says when God then gives them Himself, Subhanahu wa Taala a taste, a sweetness of mercy. And think of it, it's like a doctor. This is a perfect example of a hospital, actually. You know, you, you know, it's, you, know you, you run. The doctors know why you're in the hospital. You come mm. and you run and you're, you're saying, please save me or please save my child or please, all these things. Mm. Okay. And then the doctor then is personally taking care of you. The nurse is personally taking care of you. They're giving you the medicine. You know, this is a personal care. But the moment that you get better, you just forget the hospital. Hmm, hmm. You know, so there's a, there's a good, you know, there is used to be a good um, culture in, I know in Scotland that they would do, I mean, they would keep in contact with the hospital and the, and the nurse, the doctor. And, you know, sometimes it, it would build a relationship and a friendship yeah. over, you know, I know this, you know, from my own experience. And, and so one of the things is that, you know, when it comes to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the fact that God alleviates that difficulty and he gives you a taste of, the taste is a good taste. Yeah. Of his mercy, rahmatan is just like a small drop. It's like, like a drop on your tongue. Either and all of a sudden, a group from amongst those people—not everybody, a fariq, a, a, a group mm. from amongst them, a specific group of their specific mindset—don't <coughs> get the message. Which means some do. You know, this is an important thing about this verse, even though it's. It's putting a mirror up to ourselves. It's, it's as if it's saying there is groups of people that will stay true to God. And when they, they, they've learned the lesson of difficulty and ease, they will stay in the lane of their relationship to God. Allah says a, a group from amongst them will then associate partners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Again, the whole shirk thing is not that they go to an idol just. It means they just go back to their own truths, their own 
you know ideas of what is right what is wrong and and yeah and and, and at the level you know what's true how you live your life is part of shirk so the difficulties uh, that we are faced with should be life-changing moments uh, or yeah, because should... this is, if you think about it, Zora, this is like a, a litmus test. So yeah. if you get the difficulty, it's like okay, can't, you, you're pressing the, the the stop. You know, the timer has the person learned the lesson this time. Yeah, because it is you. This is what you should do, and then oh, no. at the end, you should come out as a fariq. No, so no, if, no, no. if you come out with as a person, mm. you know, goes back to the previous verses, ذلك دين القيم أقيم وجهك للدين حنيفة. You know, all these ideas that are in the previous verses, essentially these difficulties come so you go back to, you know, because remember, if Allah is saying, فَأَقِمْ وَجْهَكَ لِلْدِينِ حَنِيفَ You know, establish your face and your countenance, your intent towards the deen, hanif, and the religion of truth. It means before that you were probably dilly-dallying somewhere else. Or you had other priorities. Otherwise you wouldn't be needed to be ordered to be turned towards the truth. It's like your child's doing something you don't want them to do. You tell them, do this. And so all of a sudden they turn and they do what you're supposed, they're supposed to do. How do they turn? Sometimes it's sufficient for you to be told. But sometimes most people um, need the lesson through an experience. And that's why, you know, Ref yeah. Sorry. Reflection of the Shaykh Razan Muhammad um, on uh, this 16th day of Ramadan. Uh, Iftar today is going to be at 8.36. Inshallah, we'll be right back after this short ad break. روم قرآن حکیم کی تیسری صورت اور اس کی یہ اس نشست کے آخری مرحلے میں یہ دو آیات جس پہ ہمارا فوکس ہے لوگوں کا حال یہ ہے کہ جب انہیں کوئی تکلیف پہنچتی ہے تو اپنے رب کی طرف رجوع کر کے اسے پکارتے ہیں پھر جب وہ کچھ اپنی رحمت کا ذائقہ انہیں چکھا دیتا ہے تو یکا یک ان میں سے کچھ لوگ شرک کرنے لگتے ہیں تاکہ ہمارے کیے ہوئے احسان کی ناشکری کریں اچھا مزے کر لو انقریب تمہیں معلوم ہو جائے گا کیا ہم نے کوئی سند اور دلیل ان پر نازل کی ہے جو شہادت دیتی ہے اس شرک کی صداقت پر جو یہ کر رہے ہیں تو سامعین یہ جو دو آیات ہیں اس میں جو انسانی کیفیات ہیں تکلیف میں جانے کی اور فرحت میں جانے کی کہ اللہ تعالیٰ کے ساتھ تعلق کی نوعیت کیا ہو جاتی ہے جب انسان کسی تکلیف میں ہوتا ہے تو ہم دوڑے بھاگے خدا کی بارگاہ میں جھک جاتے ہیں لیکن یوں ہی 
تکلیف ہم سے اللہ کی رحمت سے اٹھا لی جاتی ہے تو پھر ہم ایسی کیفیت میں پہنچ جاتے ہیں جسے اللہ رب العزت نے کہا کہ جو ہے وہ شرک کی سرحدوں میں گھس جاتی ہے وہ کیفیت جس میں خدا یاد نہ رہے اور اپنی تکلیف کو رفع کرنے کی جو ریزنز ہیں وہ ہم دوسری قوتوں میں تلاش کرنے لگیں اور خدا خدا تعالیٰ کو بھول جائیں کہ اللہ ہی ہے جو تکلیفوں کو رفع کرتا ہے اگر وہ کیفیت ہو جائے تو اللہ تعالیٰ نے اس کو شرک کہا اور اس سے اگلی آیت میں تو شرک سے بچنے کے لیے اور ناشکری کی جو کیفیت ہے اس کو بھی شرک سے مماثلت دی گئی ان دو تین کانسیپٹس کو لے کے ہم شیخ سے اس باقی مالدہ وقت میں گفتگو کریں گے سو شیخ دیز ٹو آیاز ویئر شکر دا کانسیپٹ آف شکر اینڈ ایبسنس آف شکر از آلموسٹ لائک بینگ ان شرک So I, I, I kind of follow, was following your Urdu um, okay. connections. Okay. So shukar, where do you get shukar from? Because it's true. I mean, I'm just thinking, how did you? How did I? Um, because when you you are um, in in a state of um, taklif, mm-hmm. um, and when you come out of it, mm-hmm. and if you're not in the state of shukar, mm-hmm. then you're in a state of shirk. <laughs> Yes, okay. No? Well, that's interesting. That's, that's a, 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 the type of leap I do. Yeah. No? That's true. I yeah, no, no, it's true. Shukar, shirk, yes. If you're not in shukar, you're in shirk. Ah, mashallah. I'll copy this. <laughs> Copyright that. Inshallah. <laughs> patent that idea. Let's <laughs> go patent it. It's, it's, it's directly related, isn't it? I'm just asking. No, no, it's I'm true. Just... No, no, it's true. I was, I was, I was, I was, I was um, joking with you. Hmm. Um, so there's, there's, a, there are very deep reasons why that, that is a, a certain level true, especially in the context of difficulty, because there's a hadith actually of the Prophet, which actually mirrors exactly what this this ayah is saying, hmm. uh, released by Imam Muslim, in which the Prophet said that, you know, عَجَبَ لِأَمْرِ الْمُؤْمِنِ فَإِنَّهُ أَمْرُ لَهُ كُلْهُ خَيْرِ You know how amazing is the state of a believer because everything in, if, of their state is of amazement mm-hmm. and good. No, prop, more properly, so, sorry, is 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 good. خير. Because إذا مسه الشراء صبر فكان خيرا له. If something difficult afflicts them, they are patient and it's good for them. إذا أصابته الصراء شكر فكان خيرا له. And if something that brings them happiness takes place, they are thankful. And so this is in, in, entangling God in your experience of life, good and bad. Mm. You know, they are patient because they know it's from God. And they're thankful because they know God gave them it. Mm. So if because that mindset is God-focused, Deen al-Qayyim, that idea of, of being focused towards a, a way of thinking about life and experiences and difficulties and ease, There's two responses, and both of them are khayr, the Prophet said, you know, at the best you could do. Now, the other person is the, what's mentioned in this verse, which is, depending on what happens, they have a different, you know, um, exit strategy. Hmm. So, basically, okay, difficulty, exit strategy, Allah, Ya Allah, Aha, you know, the whole thing of falling yeah, yeah. apart and on the ground, 
not mocking that. But I'm just saying this is the way that it happens. Yeah, everything falls apart, and there's nothing apart to apart from. You've seen Pakistani dramas. Something difficult mm. happens. The people are like dolled up. All of a sudden, they have a black chadur on their head. And this kind of, <laughs> I always have a good laugh with my mother about these kind of things. But yeah. the thing is, and the opposite is, something good happens, and the, everything becomes easy. Then the exit strategy is okay. Let's go back to enjoying our lives. You know, so mm. that difficulty in drama difficult changes. The next thing you know, everything's like everyone's in their designer suits and all the rest. But back to flashcards. Mm. Everything goes back to normal. Music changes. Everything changes. Yeah. So the exit strategy, there's no exit strategy for a believer because they're not leaving. You know, when you so when you know inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi rajiun, we're from God and we return you're to not, God. You're not required to be in this kind of morbid state all the time. No, no. Look, you know the, the there's there's no 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 morbid state at all. I'm laughing. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I'm not talking about you. My whole life is um, <laughs> one one big um, maskara. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm never like sad at all. Not sad. I'm ne- I'm sad, but I'm not never um, like aff- afflicted by deep sorrow in that sense for worldly things. Yeah. So I'm not more. I'm not morbid. When I teach, no, no, no. I joke. <laughs> no, no, no. The reason I, mi- I miss teaching now is that I can't joke with anybody apart from my kids. <laughs> so the point is, no. The point is, the exit strategy for a, for a person who has no strong connection to God is. It's their own exit strategy. They 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 need they need something, get it, and they run. Yeah. It's like a bad child. They need something to come to the parent, then they run away from the parent. Yeah. You understand? And the thing about a believer is that there, there's no exit strategy because inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi rajiun, they're from God and they return to God. In other words, there's no exit to leave. There's just a, a, a journey, and you're told to be happy, you know, as well. Look, the Prophet used to smile and the, and the Prophet said. That the smile in the face of a believer is sadaqa, and the Prophet used to laugh with his companions, not just not with the qahqara, which is the, the wide laughing. In yeah. fact, he laughed once to the point the Prophet's blessed um, back teeth became apparent when the, when he was told about people that you know described Allah. You know, the rabbis describing God with physical qualities. The Prophet laughed so loud the companions said they could see his, his teeth hmm. because he was so amazed at their stupidity. I'm saying that God has a body or a place. Hmm. And um, so the thing is, the Prophet engaged with whatever, you know, the Prophet used to sit down with people. He used to, he used to speak with about what they used to speak about and he used to laugh about what they used to laugh about and smile about what they used to smile about. And so hmm. the reason you can do that is because, you know, like the, the, the train's not going to move, so you might as well enjoy the journey. Hmm. And, you know, so the train is going to its direction. You, you have to have strategies of coping of coping, not exiting. So we have mm. this idea in in, in um, marketing and also in business where you have an exit strategy. Mm. You know, mm. you invest, yeah. you have an exit strategy. So you invest, after four years, exit strategy is X, Y, and Z. This is how you make maximum profit. Coping mm. strategy is used in, in psychiatry and psychology because you can't get out of your situation. You have to cope with it. Mm. And so a lot of... Um, um, cognitive, um, you know, um, therapy, which deals with people's psychological problems, is coping strategies. Mm. Like if mm. you're in a situation where you're always, always fearful or nervous, they'll teach you not an exit strategy because essentially that perpetuates and makes the difficult the situation difficult. Like you have phobia against something. Yeah. Is it every time that you, you know, my son has a phobia with shampoo, so I mm. say to him, like every time you're going to have 
shampoo in your head or I'm going to soap, are you going to like just cry? Hmm. His his he wants an exit strategy, which is not to have a bath or to negotiate very strategically why he should not get shampoo or soap. Hmm. So he has this. He's become a very great um, negotiator. Even though he's six years old, Sinan's become an amazing negotiator. So we have, we sit down, we have long negotiations, and we have like um, participants in the negotiations, like waft. You know, like the Arab nations have <laughs> negotiations about how much the price of oil should be. So yeah. we have this big negotiation before he has a bath, because he wants to exit. He wants an exit strategy, and I'm saying, look, son, you need a coping strategy. Mm. Coping strategy is you have to. This is a reality. You have to cope with it. And so the disbeliever, the person in shirk is a person who has an exit strategy, always looking to leave with the responsibility towards God. Mm. Whereas a believer always has a coping strategy. They, there's a way of getting around this. Mm. And history mm. and human human happiness indicates that coping strategies are what work in all situations. Mm. Because even an exit strategy, remember in business, exit strategy always leaves somebody in a negative equity. It always affect somebody else because you're taking you know yeah. you're getting the profit as you know from a competitor in some yeah. way somewhere along the line so even you know you know coping and and making sure that you are able to experience and, and live through what you're doing is actually i think much more interesting which is why this comes up um you know and so these verses you know the, this verse and the one after it they do this they do this disbelieving what we've given them which is the mercy that god has given them and allah says Fatamatta'u. you know you know the previous verse said they're exhilarated what they have here it's saying you know chill out enjoy mm, yourself mm, mm. you know in, as they say nowadays knock yourself out i don't know if you've heard this phrase knock you know, yourself out yeah i mean not hit yourself means like just enjoy yourself to the ultimate but yeah, the yeah. there's no better translation if you could get away with it than knock yourself out for mm-hmm. because you know if sooner or later later actually sofa you know we're going to give you more opportunity to knock yourself out Allah doesn't say it means you know around the corner you're going to find out right away no Allah says you know, keep doing, knock yourself out. Keep going through the same mistake. Keep mm. Yeah, so they disbelieve in what God has given them of ease, of, you know, when God says he gives them some a, a, a taste of mercy, they just reject it. They cover it over. And, you know, one meaning is to disbelieve, but it also means to cover over and neglect and to hide what they've been given. So Allah says, look, you've, if, if, if that's how you're going to play it, knock yourself out mm-hmm. because at, at a later date which is you know on the day of judgment you'll know mm-hmm. and so the, the whole idea is to say okay, this, you're this doing this other way around here mm-hmm. i'm reading this urdu here mm-hmm. so when they come out of affliction they and they're in in in, in elation they're, they're in farha then then they fall in shirk mm-hmm. and and there is a link in this urdu translation mm-hmm. so they do shirk so that mm-hmm. they yeah. fall in shirk no no they, they so, so that they can go back into the state of shirk well 
no no it's not because um kufran so they means in order that obviously it means in order that so they do this this whole thing mm. either the shirk that is mentioned the previous right at the end so birabbihim yushrikun and 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 as a result of this they associate partners with allah and also the, the wider meaning is this idea of just individual self worship mm-hmm. um why now liyakfuru means to literally would mean to um to disbelieve or to cover over here it's it's more of an issue of covering over because mm-hmm. if i give you something and it's of use to you and and you're benefiting from it and, and somebody comes to your house and you you're obviously benefiting from it. Imagine like let's go for mundane stuff like siftar time. So you'll have like a, a food processor, and yeah. so you've you made soup, but you've used the food processor to make it nice and smooth. And somebody comes to your house, and they say, "Mashallah, how did you did you do this yourself?" I say, "I did it myself." Hmm. But the the tool you used was a, from a friend. You've hidden it. <laughs> so the thing you're using and the thing that benefited you, you're you're denying it existed. Hmm. So this is liyakfuru. <laughs> So covering. yeah, cover it because in, in literally in Arabic, kufr means to cover over, to but disguise. This is, this, is, this is more like as they say in Urdu, kufran and neimat. Yeah, so that's it. So it's so the kufran and neimat. You know, the covering over is for more for kufran and neimat is mm. to deny a blessing. Because mm. remember, I said the blessing was that mercy that God gave them, mm. and they cover that over. And okay, Allah says, okay, no, if you're not going to acknowledge this intervention from God. If it, you put it into your deep memory bank and you no longer are involved in it, that's one aspect of it. You know, mm. you know, if you're looking to acknowledge it, okay, okay, I'm not bothered. Allah is saying basically I'm not bothered because mm. you know at some point you're gonna realize realize what's happening here. And then Allah says, Okay, maybe they've got a reason for mm. how they're behaving. Because remember, what's interesting here is God is giving them a, ch- a chance to argue for themselves. Because okay, this God established that this is what they're doing and they're acting in a, in a way that's very selfish. Mm. Or do they have some kind of proof or authority to say this? And this is therefore speaking to them. Is it telling them that this is what they should be doing in terms of their shirk, associating partners of their self-centeredness? So is so. So does it mean that they have some kind of prophecy that tells them that when they're afflicted with difficulty, you do this and then you turn your back upon God? Okay, if that's the case, mm-hmm. you know, show it. And obviously the verses didn't even say show it because it's obviously not the case. Because it's the Quran is covering all the possibilities. You're doing this. It doesn't make sense. Okay, enjoy yourself. Oh, okay. If you think there's some reason for it, okay, provide the proof. Mm-hmm. And there's no proof. And so then Allah just reiterates that, that same concept in the next verse. The same idea of um, tasting something. You know, so the next verse is, And when we when we give people the taste, all of people, rahmatan, a type of mercy and ease, mm-hmm. they are again elated, elevated, you know, in a state of intoxication, um, you know, happiness beyond belief because mm. of what God has given them personally in an individual capacity of His mercy. You know, to hit them, it doesn't say that God hits them with it. It just says, look, a, a difficulty has hit them. 
on account of what they themselves are due because of what they themselves did with their own hands and at that point they go into uh, is like this depressive despair mm. so again this idea of look people are in despair people in happiness happiness for the person who's superficial is because they're given something and this despair and, and dejection is when something's taken away or something difficult happens. That's Lord. the childish, that's the that's the kind of childish experience of a human being because um that is not how we experience life. That's not how we as we mature, we realize you know things difficult things happen for good reasons. Hmm. You know, so most times we can come to terms and sometimes we can't, and it's very difficult to come to terms with certain things. Um Personally, you know, personally, it's very difficult to come to terms with, you know, loss of somebody before their time, you know, in childhood or something of that nature, or a parent who dies for a specific reason. It's very difficult to come to terms with it. It only makes sense if you see, you know, at a funeral, what do we say? Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'un. Reminding you that we're all on that journey and they've turned, they've gone back to where they should be. And it's, a, it's like, you know, it's like what they say, you know, death is a sufficient reminder. You don't need to give a speech at a funeral, essentially, because just seeing it is as poignant a reminder in the cold earth as you'll get. And so this whole this whole section is such an amazing thing because it goes into the psychology of the of the superficial thinking of most human beings. لوگوں کا حال یہ ہے کہ جب انہیں کوئی تکلیف پہنچتی ہے تو اپنے رب کی طرف رجوع کر کے اسے پکارتے ہیں پھر جب وہ کچھ اپنی رحمت کا ذائقہ انہیں چکھا دیتا ہے تو یکا یک ان میں سے کچھ لوگ شرک کرنے لگتے ہیں یعنی دو سٹیٹس ہیں یہ کہ ایک جب تکلیف آتی ہے تو وہ اللہ کی طرف بھاگتے ہیں اور جیسے ہی رحمت کا کوئی ذائقہ چکھ جاتے ہیں تو پھر وہ شرک کرنے لگتے ہیں اور ہم نے اس میں گفتگو کی کہ جب شرک جو ہے وہ گویا شکر کی کیفیت سے نکلنے کا نام بھی شرک ہے تاکہ ہمارے کیے ہوئے احسان کی ناشکری کریں مزے کر لو ان قریب تمہیں معلوم ہو جائے گا کہ ہم نے کوئی سند اور دلیل ان پر نازل کی ہے جو شہادت دیتی ہو اس شرک کی صداقت پر جو یہ کر رہے ہیں اور یہ جو اگلی آیت ہے یہ میرے اور آپ کے لیے زندگیوں کے ان حصوں میں بہت ہی مشل راہ ہے کہ جب ہم لوگوں کو رحمت کا ذائقہ چکھاتے ہیں تو اس پر پھول جاتے ہیں جب ہم لوگوں کو رحمت کا ذائقہ چکھاتے ہیں تو وہ اس پر پھول جاتے ہیں اور جب ان کے اپنے کیے کرتوتوں سے ان پر کوئی مصیبت آتی ہے تو یکا یک وہ مایوس ہونے لگتے ہیں اور یہ آج کی نشست کی آخری آیت کہ کیا یہ لوگ دیکھتے نہیں کہ اللہ ہی رزق کشادہ کرتا ہے جس کا چاہتا ہے اور تنگ کرتا ہے جس کا چاہتا ہے یقیناً اس میں بہت سی نشانیاں ہیں ان لوگوں کے لیے جو ایمان لاتے ہیں شیخ سو کنکلوڈنگ ود دس آیا of uh, the construction and uh, of risk and how this is also a bigger plan of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this, I mean, the, the, I mean, if you think about it, this verse ties on to the previous verses because, you know, difficulty happens, people turn back. Ease happens, people turn away. Allah gives some people um, a type of mercy from Him subhanahu wa ta'ala. They are elated and happy. If they themselves are afflicted with the difficulty because of what they themselves have done due to their own responsibility, they are in go to a state of despair. 
Now, Allah then mentions this idea of rizq. You know, this is, again, this is going to give people an opportunity to think. God is basically saying, are they not thinking? Have they not seen? In fact, literally it means to see. Have they not mm. seen literally that that God expands the the risk, the sustenance and income of a person for whoever he wills. You know, it's not as if the risk is from a person through their own striving. Mm. It is and also he weighs it out. So Qadr here can be appointed, meaning destined, predestined. It can also mean to almost be weighed out and acted upon and, and distributed. Mm. So Qadr and Qadr are two terms in, in, in theology which mean, you know, it's the same thing essentially, but different groups of scholars and linguists like Nuhas, they have different discussions about which is the knowledge of God of what will happen and which is the, the thing actually happening. So Qadr, Yaqdir and, and Qadr is the Ash'ari position on when actually it takes place and is measured out. So Allah is saying, look, do you not see that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one and he alone is the one that you know, expands people's risk for them, for whoever he wills, and he does it to a precise degree. Now, what does that mean? Risk is, um, obviously we think of risk money, we think of first thing came to your mind probably, mm. I don't know, Anything like the thing is, we think risk is bread, food, bank account. But, but, but Sheikh, in this context, is it not? It is. Is it not financial means? Because it is saying, "Kya ye log dekhte nahi ki Allah hi risk kushada karta hai, jiska chahta hai, aur tang karta hai, jiska chahta hai." And Allah yabsutu risk ali man yasha wo yakdiru inna fidali galayat liqo. Yeah, so I mean, obviously it does. That's what comes to mind. That's what I'm saying. So, do people not see that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala expands people's risk, which essentially yeah. is sustenance, which is the thing that comes to mind is, is you know money comes to mind is food, the risk that we consume, hmm. whoever he wants, and yaqdir also you know a secondary meaning of yaqdir is to is to restrict and to delineate it. In other words, to almost like you could always say like turn that tap off. So the risk isn't like this free-flowing, free um, you know, tributary that keeps giving. Risk has a point at which it st- the tap is stopped. Mm. The whole point being that there's a certain cut-off point and everything that is going to come to you is going to come to you. So initially, mm. the, the, the the verse essentially is, yasha, is he expands it for every, anyone, anybody he wants to the degree he wants and also restricts it and also turns that off by saying, okay, stop. Mm. That's the risk finished. Now, that is tied in to the wider thing that we should have complete um, reliance on Allah in terms of our risk. What will come to us will never miss us, and what's missed us will never come to us. You know, if you miss an opportunity to to gain financially, it meant it just meant that you were never supposed to have it. And mm. so that is the the kind of basic meaning. But the other meaning here is that all these things that come to you come to you for a reason. You know, it's not as if the, you know, the whole point of these verses that came before, the three or four verses came before is that you are looking for something beyond what you're, you're given. So, mm-hmm. you know, a believer should be happy and sustained and content with what they get after they're striving and struggling and planning and and and, and working. What, have, what what ends up on the table, they should be, alhamdulillah wa shukru lillah. You know, 
Allah has given this, we give, we give thanks to Allah for whatever we have on the table at this moment in time. You know, if you don't, then you've got a serious problem because you're in this situation where you're just thinking about things based upon the stimuli and the things that are happening to you. Ease hmm. happens, you forget God. Difficulty happens, you turn to God. Hmm. It's like a game of table tennis. Hmm. You're just hmm. constantly in a state of qalaq in Arabic, which is like fluctuation, constantly. One day this, one day that. Within a second, you're, in, you're fluctuating between one state and another. And so Allah is just saying, look, everything is, is planned and, 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 and established to the point of your rizq for whoever God wills. And this is indeed a sign within this for people that have faith. You know, because this is a question, it's an ultimate question of faith. You know, the idea that it's God that creates and sustains and, you know, distributes risk and then restricts risk. Essentially, that is the whole purpose of it. So the whole idea of risk is what essentially you eat, drink, wear, consume, before you go to your grave. And you know, hmm. I talked about Ibn Khaldun. Ibn Khaldun had this idea where he amazingly put this whole thing in, in perspective where he said, most people confuse money as being one thing. He says, the most important thing that a believer has to understand is that risk is what is written and will never disappear from you. No one can take it from you and you'll not get more than what you were written. Hmm. That is what you, you will essentially consume until you die. Hmm. And everything else will either be ma'ash, which is your pay, pa pay packet, which you you know are, are are destined to get on the on the paycheck, or the money that comes in as a dividend or the profit in a business. This is all the, the thing you're you're looking to spread to consume. Hmm. And then you know if you don't use it all, it becomes mal. It becomes like extra money in the bank, upon which as you know you'll have to pay zakat in Islamic law. But the point is. It's not a risk. The risk is only what you, in the end of the day, will actually consume. And this is why you're kind of told to relax about risk because, you know, it might give you more choice to have more mal, hmm. but it doesn't, you know, in terms of inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'un, the thing you go back with is Allah's going to ask you, okay, the risk that you had, where did it come from? You know, and then how did you, what did you do with your life? And hmm. the, the wealth that we gave you, what did you do with it? Did you give us a zakat and give you charity on it? Did you expend it in the way that are pleasing to God? Or did you just waste it hmm. in ways hmm. that are frivolous? And so the, this verse, you know, is, it has this amazing idea of that Allah is al-basit, the one that expands without yeah. any restriction. It's like an open tap that just keeps running. But then yaqdir tightens it. So this idea is that it's God, it's not you. You know, you have the, the people wealthy who are, You'd imagine by seeing them, they shouldn't be wealthy. You have people that are, are, are poor. When you see them, they, sh they should never be poor. This is why, you know, I was always fascinated with the idea of intelligence, that people are, you know, these children that have very, very high IQs, and you, you, you check them 30 years later, and they're in some kind of office job somewhere, hmm. you know, moving paper. Because yeah. that's a, that's a bala. That is, a, you know, from one perspective, it was good that they could do all these tricks and maths and spell these big, big words. But essentially, you know, that was, an, uh, that was a disability of a, of a type. Hmm. And that degree of intelligence was a disability. And so wow. it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't, I mean, and you have the, <laughs> you have the opposite, they want to mention, but you have the complete simpleton, you know, from the chuck and, and just like multi-billionaire, you know, Chicago, you know they, at their command, yeah, yeah. They, can, they can get people just lifted from the street yeah. and chopped yeah. up. Yeah. 
کراچی اور جب ان کے اپنے کیے کرتوتوں سے ان پر کوئی مصیبت آتی ہے یعنی یہ بہت امپورٹنٹ ہے کہ اپنے کیے کرتوتوں سے ان پر کوئی مصیبت آتی ہے تو یکا یک وہ مایوس ہونے لگتے ہیں کیا یہ لوگ دیکھتے نہیں کہ اللہ ہی رزق کشادہ کرتا ہے جس کا چاہتا ہے تنگ کرتا ہے جس کا چاہتا ہے یقیناً اس میں بہت سی نشانیاں ہیں ان لوگوں کے لیے جو ایمان لاتے ہیں پس اے مومن رشتہ دار کو اس کا حق دو مسکین اور مسافر کو اس کا حق یہ طریقہ بہتر ہے ان لوگوں کے لیے جو اللہ کی خوشنودی چاہتے ہیں صدق اللہ عظیم سو شیخ ان شاء اللہ or expansion of risk, how we are supposed to behave. Mm. So, I mean, th- th- we all go through different phases, points where there is the opening of the tap, complete flood of God's beneficence that we see and we give shukar, or we should give shukar, that you should remember that even in times of happiness, or specific, or particularly times you should remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, because these verses of anything they're teaching you, they're teaching that it's a time of happiness, that you should go in a state of shukr and ubudiya and worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the opposite, which is yaqdir and 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 and, and this idea of qabud, of restricting something, is again the time where most people turn to God and turn to religiosity because it's a natural thing. The Quran essentially is saying these qualities of opening up risk and closing risk are only simply means of knowing your Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala. That ultimately these things are in the the, the protective and controlling hands of the creator sustainer and these are only means by which you know your lord so if you're true in your servitude to god in your worship of allah subhanahu wa these things are means by which you know god difficulties and ease hardship and, and and facilitation you know pain and 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 ease all these are just means by which the opposites indicate towards some of the names of allah subhanahu and some of the most beautiful names of god as you know al-qabid al-basit the one that Hmm. You know, is constricting you only to bring him closer to you and you to closer to him, because this is like how the prophets were. You know, some of the great greatest of our community, they would they would go into worry if they were not afflicted by illness for a long period of time, because they would feel hmm. that Allah is not concerned with them. And it's a fact later by Abu Hurairah anhu that you know that that if Allah hates the voice of a person, He answers their du'a right away. And if Allah loves the voice of a person, then He lets them continue in their in their du'a by by not giving them what they need because it's the du'a this, the, itself that the person needs to do. Allah. So it's a deep, deep thing there, which is you know everything in life is to know God. Everything in life is to know God. Yesari zindagi ka safar jisme aakhir mein humse poocha jayega man rabbu ka tumhara rab kaun hai? تو اس سوال کا جواب تلاش کرنے کا نام زندگی ہے آج کی اس نشست کا خاتمہ اسی طور پہ کرتے ہیں انشاءاللہ کل دوبارہ آپ کی خدمت میں حاضر ہوں گے ریفلیکشنس کا وقت ختم ہوا آج کا افطار کا وقت ہے آٹھ بج کے اور چھتیس منٹ ایٹ تھرٹی سکس انشاءاللہ دعا میں یاد رکھیے گا جب آپ اپنے لیے دعا کریں تو ہمیں بھی یاد رکھیں السلام علیکم ورحمۃ اللہ سبحان اللہ